Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the final episode of the Theater Podcast here for 2021. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and this is our 2021 year-end wrap-up. Co-host for this episode is none other than Ayanna Prescott. She's a Brooklyn-based writer, editor, producer, and founder. She's the founder of rbksocial.com, a digital platform dedicated to the people and places of Brooklyn, New York, and hosts What's Up Broadway here on the Broadway Podcast Network. In addition, she's a freelance theater journalist with bylines in Variety, Theater Mania, American Theater, and Exeunt NYC. She's a theater co-editor at the Brooklyn Rail and has several Broadway producer credits, including Passover, Dana H., and Is This a Room? Ayana, welcome to the final episode here, and thanks for joining me. Yes, so nice to join you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Uh, And then here at the end of at the, of the year, I love wrapping up kind of everything that's happened all the shows that that we each saw and gosh your job <laughs> is literally to see shows it really I is saw a lot of shows <laughs> starting again this is this is i want to quantify this right because we are coming out of covid mm-hmm. this started as theater came back in like july august right mm-hmm. so in that time frame between then and now i've seen 14 shows you have seen how many 65 jesus <laughs> And I, I don't know how. <laughs> the other day I posted, I was like, my final show for 2021. I was really excited about it. So just have a break. <laughs> 65. Oh, wait. It might be 66 because of that final show. So I did my count before that final show. So it's 66. That's insane. Mm-hmm. And my gosh. So we've seen so much that's happened and so much that's changed and it, coming out of 2020 into 20, 2021, like Broadway's come coming back and then now it's going away again. And there's so, so much, much happening right now. So looking back on on your experience this past year in 2021, what are some of the highs and lows that, that you can remember? Oh, my gosh. Um, so right before you know, the entire like campaign of Broadway is back, off Broadway is back, theater is back in general. I just remember on Twitter, so many of us just saying what our first show would be coming back. And I think we all had this idea in our head that every show was going to come back at the same time. We didn't know that it would be a sporadic rollout. And so um, I was just excited for that first show back. And the first show back for me was Fruma Sarah with Jackie Hoffman, one woman show, fantastic. And it's literally the perfect way to re-enter the theater scene. All she has to do is like do a smirk on her face and I'm laughing at it. And so <laughs> um, the show was hilarious and it was just like, okay, this is what I needed to ease my way back in. And so from there, I've seen obviously so many shows, but like Passover, um, that was also one of, you know, like the Broadway return. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was another joy for me besides working on the show, but like really sitting and devouring the show as an audience member was one of the highlights for me. Um, And then, I mean, so much. There's 
literally oh my god this i feel like this episode is gonna be so long because we have so many shows um you and i saw saw moulin rouge together yes which was my musical return to broadway reopening so i saw passover too which was broadway's first reopening Mm -hmm. um but yeah moulin rouge you and i went and that was a party that, that was, was a celebration first of all we got so many gifts at that show. <laughs> <laughs> i i mean we had the playbill was stacked because they gave us what a mask uh inserts like a like thick cardstock card insert they gave mac lipstick at the end of the show there was you got like, like four or five cases I of that did. mac lipstick yeah <laughs> I was just like, can I have more? Um, but that's the way to come back. I mean, if you're going to do it, you like do it big. Um, and the show was great. I mean, I I've seen the show pre-pandemic, and it's just it's a good time. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're going to see a show to have fun, Moulin Rouge is that show for you. One of my uh, the high points for me was was the six when I saw six mm. when when they reopened. Um, and because that I feel like that was one of the most anticipated openings of 2019, sorry, 2020, 2020. <laughs> and then so it shut down because there are five of the six queens that were going to make their debut. And then mm-hmm. they, they all came back for the cast and for the reopening here in 2021. And that was that was just an incredible thing. And uh, have you seen, I guess, the other the, the other biggest in, I guess most anti- anticipated opening was Company. You've seen Company, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. it yet. Oh I'm my god! It. I'm currently scheduled to see it January fourth, so I don't know. Hopefully, that will happen. Hopefully, <laughs> it's a time. Patty Lapone serves in that show. I'm not gonna lie. She she has on like a bodycon dress, and she's just like she's just her natural self. I feel like this role. She may be acting, but I think this is like Patty Lapone behind closed doors. Like this is just like <laughs> I it's she's a good time. The show is a good time. And I'm so like I hate the COVID of it all because like this is a show that you want to have a drink to. Like what we did with Diana, like you had a drink and show, and company is one of those. And I'm so upset that there's no like, you know, drinking or eating at shows anymore. But like that's a show you want to have if you want to pregame pregame before a company. <laughs> that sounds fun. Well, now we can't pregame before Diana anymore. Oh, either. That was that show was a good time. <laughs> yeah, there, I've heard such mixed things about it. I never got to see it on oh, Broadway. Oh no, you're gonna no. you're gonna have to live with yourself for the rest of your life not seeing <laughs> Diana. <live. laughs> Literally, such a good time. Well, it was such a good time. So just a quick a quick acknowledgement of all the shows that didn't make their full runs mm. so far. And again, we've only been open for a couple of months here. But mm-hmm. is this a room of Dana H running in rep? Chicken and Biscuits, the Rockettes Radio City Christmas Spectacular, Diana, we just mentioned, Thoughts of a Colored Man, Jagged Little Pill, Waitress, Beautiful and Ain't Too Proud as of yesterday, mm-hmm. as we're recording this, just announced that they're not coming back after shutdown. Like this is this is so sad. It's so sad, and it's literally the uh, the job comes with it. Like I mean, I feel like we've always known that theater is unpredictable, and while we all anticipate shows having a full, lovely run, um, things happen, and so because we have 
COVID on top of regular natural things that may happen. It's it's very sad that people are out of jobs um, and people that work really, really hard on these shows can't see their full run. But I think coming into this industry, we know that like everything is unpredictable. And so I'm really sad about these shows closing. And But I look forward to next year. There's so many good shows coming. You um, know what? What we haven't heard about, and this has occurred to me, was we haven't heard about this in a while, and it was supposed to open with Sing Street. Whatever happened to Sing Street? Yeah, that's I when when the news. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good question. Because when the news of um, what was the show that just moved from the Lyceum that was scheduled to be at the Lyceum, but then had oh, to Macbeth. move Macbeth. No. No, Macbeth is moving from Lyceum to, to yes, Longacre. Correct. Right. So when Macbeth moved, I was like, oh, Sing Street is coming. And then we got the the no, Sing Street is actually not coming. But <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I hope it comes. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah. We'll see. And Sonia Tai is involved with that too. Of course, got the Tony from Moulin Rouge choreography, right? So so I'm expecting good things out of that. So if you're listening and you know anything about Sing Street, let us know because we're excited about it. Please, <laughs> please, please, please. Did you did you see um, only Broadway and off-Broadway stuff? Because I, I um, part of the things that I'm counting as shows that I saw was Megan Hilty's debut at 54 Below, her 54 Below debut, mm-hmm. and Jessica Vosk's Carnegie Hall debut, which mm. both of which were just phenomenal. I am, the Jessica Vosk is what I'm going to have to live with the rest of my life knowing I didn't go to. Um, <laughs> but no, I saw I saw Sis at 54 Below and that was a time. Mm. That was a time. Um, and she had some great features. I mean, Sis really brings, she's a performer, that's for sure. If she's gonna put on a show, she's gonna bring like the best of the best in the industry along with her. Um, and yeah, like, God, I didn't see Jessica Vosk at 54 Below. Please tell me about it so I can just oh, kick Carnegie myself. Hall, yeah. It, oh, Carnegie I mean, Hall. Sold out. Sold out. Guest mm-hmm. performances. The cookies. I, I saw the cookies. The Did cookie, you? Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> like Marissa Rosen, too. Marissa's been singing like as one of her uh, of singers forever. Marissa, I've known for for years. Shout out to Marissa. But the, but she she's always there supporting Vosk as a singer on stage. And then like mm-hmm. there are other guest singers that were... Um, uh, who's the tall blonde guy from Pentatonics? That uh, I forget his name. I'm having a brain I know fart. Who I know who you're talking about. But yeah, he he was there um, as a guest singer. Of course, Kristen Chenoweth. She's oh, always she's showing phenomenal. Up. Yeah, just incredible. Um, and there were there were so many others. And then the Megan Hilty show at 54 Below. Megan Megan did. But one of my favorite things was she did a medley of alto lines actual alto lines in wow. popular shows of like wicked and and it, it was just like the most boring I, she was doing it comedically she's like here are the boring alto lines that you get to sing as an alto because she was talking about the difference between being a soprano and an alto and whatnot mm-hmm. but it was some of the funniest things i mean like the comedic timing of megan hilty is incredible that is crazy one thing that i will say that assisted at her show 54 below that i thought was hilarious but so her she did the i love you song from barney but made it a bop like i'm not kidding she had us all sing and she made it a bop like she changed the score was just like i was like i cannot believe i'm in my 30s like 
singing <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Seriously, she she really made it her own. Very such a good time. Such a good time. You know what's different for me that I, I enjoyed is Neil Brennan's show, Unacceptable, off Broadway at Cherry Lane. Yeah, that was that was interesting. But who who was your opener at your show? Oh, I, he didn't he didn't have an opener when what? I saw it. Oh no. So every sh I heard that every show had a different opener. So they would do like there was this girl, I don't even remember her name, but she was from TikTok and she was so good as his opener. Like, I was just like, look at TikTok, like discovering new talent. Wow. I'm surprised you didn't have an opener. I, saw it, so... I saw it early, early in the run. And okay. It might have actually been a final preview, actually. I can't remember at this point, but um, yeah, they could have added that stuff later or just like mm -hmm. hit or miss, depending on who's available. They had an opener, but uh, to have a comedy show, and I, mm -hmm. I interviewed him on one of my episodes here on the podcast, and to have an uh, an actual stand-up routine in an off-Broadway theater, to mm -hmm. me, originally, I went in scratching my head. I was like, is this going to work? But the way that he, he tells a story, he tells mm -hmm. a full beginning, middle, and end story, which lends itself to being on stage. And I had so much fun mm -hmm. watching him, watching him do this routine, the stand-up show. The it show was, was fun. I didn't know what to expect when he walked out in his robe. I was like, what am I here? <laughs> what is happening? Um, but it, it was a full story and it was a good time. And his music, his voice, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. I was just like, this is so good. Definitely, definitely one of the highlights of 2021. What about Pooh? Winnie the Pooh. Okay, so th <laughs> this is like highlight of a highlight. Um, <laughs> I was anticipating this show the most, I would say, before it actually opened. When they put out the trailer of these puppets, I was like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm in for. I have no kids. I'm not taking my nephews. I am going alone to experience something that I've loved as a child. And when I went, I was so mesmerized by the puppets that I didn't even notice the puppeteers. Like it's just that good of a show that it makes you believe that these puppets are live beings, right? And so the story was so good. I got emotional, which I didn't expect to, but look at me again <laughs> in my thirties crying at Winnie the Pooh. But yeah, the music was good. The story was so good. It went through the seasons, which I loved. Mm -hmm. It gave you every element of each season. So like, I know it's still running. I feel like I don't want to spoil it for people, like the surprise, but like summer, winter, fall, like you're going to get the elements of each season. Definitely one of my favorite off-Broadway shows. It's interactive. I mean, it's, it's what is it? It's 70 minutes, 60 minutes. It's made, it's for, so it's made for kids. It's the nostalgia wrapped up with the characters, like you said, the puppets themselves are phenomenal, wrapped mm -hmm. up with the Disney of it all. It's a Disney. It's co-produced by Disney theatricals. Mm -hmm. So there's that magic element to it. My my five and a half year old, I took him. You know, we got the press tickets to go and I took he was my plus one, my five and a half. Year. <laughs> and, and so we came out instead of a program, they give you a board book. So we actually read mm -hmm. it the other night. They give you a board book that explains uh, all of the seasons and, and retells the whole story in the book. And and shows you up close behind the scenes of how the of the costumes and all the characters and and the puppets and it's he loves it he absolutely loves it he talks he still talks about it like you said there's a little bit of interactivity there's some mm -hmm. leaves that fall from the mm -hmm. from the 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 fly spoiler alert during fall some leaves <laughs> fall he still has those leaves and he plays with them all the time 
like we we took a pocket full of leaves home it's literally an experience though like the moment you get into the theater they like added some elements from winnie the pooh to the theater and the theater is called like 40 acre woods theater right just for this 100 acre woods like they oh, renamed and, the theater it's crazy and they have rapid testing outside the theater for, for the kids. children yes. yeah for kids so don't don't let unvaccinated children stop you you can go and mm -hmm. get tested right there they they thought of everything and it's yeah. literally an experience and did you buy a stuffed animal please tell me you did and well, i'm not the only one he wanted eeyore perfect oh he my god eeyore. i got eeyore to his <laughs> <laughs> that's his, he calls it yeah. his donkey he's like you know his name i said you know his name's eeyore he's like no i call him donkey and so he sleeps with his donkey he still does i mean eeyore i'm sorry poo but eeyore is the best character and so <laughs> listen <laughs> so something else that surprised me that it's closing is jagged little pill because yeah. the amount of uh just i guess production value whenever i've gone and when i've heard about it i've always heard um, you know, uh, controversy aside with mm -hmm. the character of Joe, um, production wise itself, I thought it was doing well. The perception mm -hmm. was always that it was doing well. So I was really surprised that it closed and ain't too proud as well. I thought that that mm -hmm. would have a much longer life. Yeah, I feel like I don't know what the the road is or if there is a specific map for like bio musicals or musicals that use music specifically from like an artist or you know like i i don't know what the road is and i feel like jagged little pill what they did so great was create an original story from the music of alanis morissette yeah and the so, story itself is so good yeah so like that's what i enjoyed the most about that show and i thought it was doing well too so i was surprised when that news came out um but i know that COVID is really really affecting shows i know or I heard that like every time a show has to close, it's still like $100,000 a day or something like that, that they have to still pay out to the theater owner. So it's like, it's very difficult to like keep having to like close down a show, to reopen it, to close it down. It's very expensive. And so- That's, that's insane. So if you're closed for like 10 days or something, the, the required quarantine period, then you're, you've got to pay a million dollars out of pocket. It's so much and it, and you're not bringing in any money because you're not right. having an audience and so it's a lot of money and with all of those elements i can see why a show says yeah we can't do this anymore remind me to be a theater owner by the way exactly <laughs> <laughs> remind me tomorrow to, to look that's, at the flag that's the way to do it i always <laughs> said i was just like wow there should be like a rule that you don't have to pay out any money when you have a a show that's like closed because of COVID because it's, it's something you can't control. This is the argument, you know, to the, to the local government, right. To support the arts and, and help Absolutely. the industry survive because the, the producers of these shows are stuck between a rock and a hard place because they mm -hmm. can't close because they're losing money, but they can't open because it's a public health risk. Mm -hmm. So what are you like? The, the obvious choice should be close and, uh, you know, uh, pause the show to to save the health and and do not promote the pandemic. But then they're losing so much money that then the show, as we've just talked about, literally has to close permanently because they can't sustain sitting empty. And especially 
it's so messed and especially when broadway is about the tourists like as much as we the locals go to shows and support theater we're not the ones running broadway the ones that are running broadway and bringing in the most money are the tourists and mm -hmm. right now tourists tourism is so down because of covid so like what else is there's nothing else it could be a hundred locals banding together to bring a plus one to the theater but it's not enough you know you need the tourism to keep shows afloat and so the only other way is for the government to like now pitch in mm -hmm. let me ask you a question that may be controversial to some is do you think that broadway reopened too soon so there's no. two sides of this, right? There's the mm -hmm. business side of it, because this is show business. There's mm -hmm. the business side of it. And then there's the personal side, which is like our friends and our colleagues who are literally sitting at home waiting for their industry to return. Right. So I don't think, here's the thing. Broadway has done some of the greatest COVID management that I've seen. Literally, I traveled to Florida, right? Mm -hmm. last week oh, you saw you saw prom the national tour prom down saw there, right? prom and there are they are taking um the broadway standard and translating it to theaters outside of new york city and so the broadway standard is literally the best and so i don't think that we open too soon i don't know if we expected um new variants like delta and omicron that's mm -hmm. the problem while i think that this virus is running its course, especially with Omicron that's making, uh, what I read in the Times this morning, that it's making, it's not making people as sick as before. And so that's a plus. Mm -hmm. While people are getting it and it's easily transmissible, this one is like serving milder cases, which is what we want because we literally want it to die out. Um, and so, Broadway is doing the very best that it's do it can. COVID safety managers are on it. They're check checking your vaccination card. I remember there was a woman in front of me um, going into Sherlock, a Sherlock Carol. There was a woman in front of me that showed her card and it looked a little fishy to a COVID manager. They literally took her off the line, let other people through and spoke to her about why her COVID card didn't look right to them hmm. and so like they're on it these shows are on it the management is on it um and so i think we're doing the best that we can i just don't know if we like we anticipated these new strains and what can be done i think the best thing to do is like close and open but obviously that's so pricey so right right the closing and opening works as long as you have the government subsidy, which mm -hmm. obviously doesn't we don't have. So it's not working yet. So hopefully, mm -hmm. knock on wood, we can get some new uh, some new administration in here soon. That'll help fix we all of this. Absolutely need it. <laughs> but uh, the whole thing is a, is a gamble to begin with, because you have to I mean, you can't just flip a switch uh, it, once something's reopened. Right. Mm -hmm. You can sort of say, OK, tomorrow. Yes. Uh, the day after no, but to gear back up your your marketing campaigns, your social media campaigns, getting your cast back together, it was more than a year. So everyone's mm -hmm. contract had expired. Everybody had to have their contracts renegotiated. So you've got all of this stuff that has to come back that takes literally months. And in that time frame, 
there could be another variant. There could be another outbreak. There could be another mm -hmm. mandatory lockdown. And so you have shows like we were saying Moulin Rouge, September 24th is when they reopen when we went to see it. That was a complete 100% gamble by mm -hmm. that production team, assuming that nothing was going to stop mm -hmm. or come up in the meantime between then and between when they started in September 24th. And obviously, if the, if Delta or Omicron had been in, in existence maybe over the summer when they started planning again, maybe they wouldn't have ever reopened. It's, it blows my mind how uncertain all of this stuff is. Mm -hmm. And I worry more about um, cast uh, shows that have a number of cast members. So mm -hmm. like the Moulin Rouges, the Music Mans, who else has a, a large cast? Like Ain't Too Proud and Jagged Little Pill had larger cast members. And so I worry about that than I do like one or two people shows. Um, so like I saw the last show of the year I saw was Becoming Dr. Ruth, one woman show when it's in full run, still going because it's one, it's literally one person on mm -hmm. stage. And so I don't worry about those shows too much, but I do worry about, you know, like 10 to 20 cast members all being on stage together with no mask. It it's is a tough. risk that they're taking, but I would still support it. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen going into 2022? Are we going to like what we don't want is a COVID musical. I don't think we need anything oh my God, about. Please do not. Please stop right no. now. If yeah. you're writing a play about COVID and all, please don't. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I don't think anybody wants it. Nope. No, I, I like the idea of having smaller shows because they will be able to be better maintained and better run. I think it's, it's less expensive, obviously, to do mm -hmm. smaller shows. So the production team can maintain uh, being closed for longer. So, mm -hmm. but then coming out, coming out in 2022, what then is opening that you're looking forward to? Oh my gosh, a strange loop. That's like number one. <laughs> that's it's like number one i i would say a strange loop and funny girl are like you know a strange loop is right here like inches below it it's funny girl um theater as a whole are less are looking forward to these two musicals but me in particular strange loop and funny girl are like i can't wait like i want to be there i first preview if i can um <laughs> that's how excited i am about them but like a strange loop is so the journey of a strange loop happened so quickly and i'm so proud of michael r jackson um and the work that he's done because it was literally at playwrights horizons what a year ago two years well right before pandemic then it went to dc right now mm -hmm. woolly mammoth and then coming to the lyceum next year crazy that's that's not normal i don't want people to get too excited um it's not normal but when you have a show like a strange loop this is what can happen. I'm very excited about that. Oh, 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 Paradise Square also. I went to see oh. it in uh, Chicago. And I'm telling you, it's a good show. It's a good show. Have you heard anything about uh, Once Upon a Britney Spears musical? What's the title of that one? Once Upon a One More Time. Yes. Is, yes. Um, I've only heard... A little bit because Salisha, a podcaster here, has been posting about it because she's in the show. But that's mm. as much as I've heard of it. I know that it's Brit another one of those bio musicals that creates uh, an original story. So it's Britney Spears music that ties together and works to be a princess show, princess musical. 
that's as much as I know. I am going to see it, but I don't know too much about it. Yeah, I try not to read much about that kind of stuff before I see them. I mm-hmm. I, I want to be pleasantly surprised and go in fresh without mm-hmm. any preconceived notions and and then and take it from there. So yeah, like like you, I know what Salisha Thomas has been posting, but that's mm-hmm. kind of it. It's just been the Britney Spears musical to to in my mind and to many people for so long and i didn't even know the title until a second ago once upon a one more time maybe okay. but also like i i i'm very happy that they're not promoting it as the britney spears musical because that could be a disservice because i remember mm-hmm. oh, i okay i don't even remember the name of that musical that happened years ago that was called the tupac musical yeah um and it used tupac's music but it was an original story and it was it ended badly because people came thinking that they were getting a bio musical about Tupac, but it so that's what I expected about Jagged Little Pill. Oh, when interesting. I, yeah, when I went, I, again, I knew nothing about it. I didn't want, I didn't read up about it at first. I thought it was going to be about Alanis Morissette, and which of course it has nothing to do with her. It doesn't even mention her. The the only nod, yeah, the only <laughs> nod to like breaking the fourth wall in that respect is is during ironic where they're like there isn't that isn't actually ironic that's you know mm. it's like making fun of the lyrics yeah so, um but yeah i i knew nothing nothing about it i was so surprised and happy that it was an original story i feel like i knew that it was an original story but i don't know how i knew i don't know if i read it or or what but i knew that it wasn't like a complete bio musical about Linus, but I don't know why, so I couldn't. <laughs> well, this year has been full of ups and downs. Next year, hopefully, will be more ups than downs. Mm. And just so everyone can connect with you, Ayana, where can we find you online? Oh, God, I'm a Twitter girl. That's it. <laughs> At Ayana Prescott, A Y A N N A, last name P R E S C O D. I am twitter i'm on instagram but i hardly use it like ever and so um or bpn <laughs> literally bpn.fm yep. slash wub for what's up broadway iona's the host and of mm-hmm. course our bksocial.com visit that mm-hmm. website and check that out i'm online at theater underscore podcast on instagram and twitter you can get more of me at bpn.fm slash ttp for the theater podcast Leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening. And thank you. Happy New Year. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. Support your local theaters. Anything else to add, Ayana, before we say see you next year? No, get vaccinated and boosted. Please get boosted. Please get boosted. (laughs) Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) Take a deep breath. Make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.